Well, if you want to find your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 6, and this is a family Sunday, so I know a lot of you husbands and guys out there were expecting that we're going to be talking about the role of a godly husband. I want you to know you got another week to sweat. We are going to pick it up next week. We are going to pivot here because it is family Sunday, and we're going to take a look at Ephesians chapter 6 here. Now, how many of you can remember driver's education, or if you're a kid, like you've heard about it, and some of you are in driver's education right now? Now, I want you to know, learning how to drive is really important. Uh, it's nerve-wracking all the way around. So I, I actually learned how to drive. I was really young, about 14. My grandfather taught me on, a, on the farm, which was helpful because it didn't really matter what I ran into or if I stayed on the road, you know. But uh, driver's education, though, they show you a lot of videos and there's an instructor and there's people making all sorts of investments to help you learn how to drive. And then, of course, you know, you actually get behind the wheel, okay? And there might be the, the driver instructor, you know, and he or she, they put their helmet on and they're all strapped in there, you know, and, and, and you go and it's kind of nerve wracking and there's a lot of close calls. Uh, driver's ed teachers uh, can't get life insurance for obvious reasons, but uh, you remember this, but you know, I'm like, or like learning how to drive with your parents, you know, I was, I was not really great. Karina was so much better, but when I was with my kids, I'm like hanging on to the little bar to the side of the car and I'm praying, I'm making my kids nervous. But I want you to know though, it's really important that you learn how to drive because if you don't, you're just an accident waiting to happen, right? And I tell you that um, life growing up in your family is like driver's education. It is preparing you how to live in life. And if you don't learn the critical lessons in your family life well, you're like a disaster waiting to happen. I, I want you to know that... Uh, your home life and what you learn at home and how you respond to your parents, it is critical to all of your development. If you want to really develop integrity, character, you want to have a good perspective on life, you want to learn how the skills of how to deal with relationships and, and failure and, and forgiveness and communication, I want you to know that all gets started in the home. In fact, the, a society is really a reflection of what's going on in the families and in the home. And you will always find where there is a disintegration and a breakdown or even a war against family, you're going to find the exact same thing happening in society. Uh, I want you to know that it really comes down to even one word. It is what uh, every kid is to offer and to do, and it's what every parent longs to receive. It's one word. It's honor. And when we come to the book of Ephesians, as we continue to make our way through this amazing book, we've come to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, and we're going to find out that God has critical instruction for families, especially for children. So let's take a look here. How do children honor their parents? Well, let's take a look at the text here. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, it says, "'Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right.'" Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. So how do children honor their parents? Well, honoring our parents when we live in their home looks like this, learning obedience. Look what the text says, okay? God says in his world, children are to obey their parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, techna, it's, it refers to anyone still under the authority of their parents. 
And this is what God has set up, that while you are living at home, children are to obey their parents. Uh, the word means living under. It means that you follow their instructions. You heed their counsel. If they tell you to do something, you do it. But it's not just you are actually going through the motions, but there's even the right heart behind it. You are obeying. And he says, obey your parents in the Lord. This isn't saying, well, like, if my parents aren't Christians, then I don't need to follow this. No, you need to understand that, like, obeying your parents is obeying the Lord because that's what God is asking you to do. And he says, and this is right. This is how God has actually set it up. By his divine design, children are to learn how to obey their parents because it becomes foundational for all the development in their life. And you want to remember this, that uh, delayed obedience is disobedience. So if you're like kind of holding out, um, I want you to know that that is actually a form of disobedience. And so whatever your parents are asking you to do, your chores, right, um, curfew, time on the phone, computer, what, what they're asking you to do, you are to do. The only exception is that if they ask you to do something that is blatantly sinful, okay? But that probably isn't going to happen too often. That would be the only exception. In the meantime, though, you will and you could, should, according to the scriptures, you're to obey them. And by the way, you have the potential of making your home life awesome, okay? And on the converse, you can make it really bad, very difficult. So much of it, though, has to do with what you're going to do with this text. Now, you may have already found that, like, your parents gave you a plaque with this verse on it for your birthday, right? You're like, Dad, are you kidding me, right? Okay, and maybe this is your family memory verse. I don't know, but I want you to know it is critically important to your development. And when we come to honoring our parents, when we live at home, it is learning obedience. But I want you to know that honor... Honoring our parents is to be a way of life. And we do this with lifelong respect. We are, not just while we're living at home, but children of every age are to extend and express honor to their parents. In fact, that's what he says, verse 2. He says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. So here he is, he's, he's quoting the fifth commandment. You ever heard of the Ten Commandments? The fifth one is this, it is to honor your father and mother. He says this is the first commandment with a promise, meaning this is a, the primary commandment for children, children of every age, that you are to do this. And notice what he says, so that you may, it may be well with you. That's what God wants. He wants you to flourish, thrive. And the only way that's going to happen is that you're in relationship with him and you're going through life and doing it his way. And he says, and that you will live long on the earth. And this is like a general truism. It's like the Proverbs. These are generally true. And it is generally true that if you heed and the counsel of Scripture, you honor your parents, you listen to what they say, you're probably going to avoid some of the big disasters in your life to end it. This isn't a guarantee like, well, if I just do this, I'll live to 100 and I'll never get sick. No, but it's a general principle that you will find. And it's interesting, the fifth commandment is honor your father and mother. It's not obey. You see, honor, uh, it certainly 
embraces and encapsulates obedience, but it's actually far much more than just that. And I want you to know that, like, if you're like a kid and you're like, ah, man, obeying my parents, honoring them, it's tough. Do you know my parents? I probably do, okay? And I want you to know, and you're like, it's really rough. Do you know that Jesus can really sympathize with you? Do you know that Jesus, the eternal Son of God, remember, he he entered into humanity, he was born a baby. It says in Luke chapter 2, at the very end of chapter 2, it says that Jesus continued in subjection to his parents. He he continued to live with them, learn from them, honor and obey them. Were Joseph and Mary perfect? No, of course they weren't. But nonetheless, Jesus fulfilled all the law. He did what God asked. And so anytime that you're struggling with, man, I am not getting my parents, and this is really tough, and it is really hard to be a kid, I want you to know you can always talk to Jesus about these things. In fact, he invites you to. He is sympathetic. He understands. So you're like, well, okay, so what does that mean? What does it mean to honor, okay? It, it has the idea to value, to esteem, to show respect. And honor uh, means that actually the person that you are trying to respect or honor actually senses it. They feel it. And it even has the idea of esteem, meaning that your behavior adds esteem. Like it, it helps your parents like feel really good about like what's going on because of the behavior of their children, it's all entailed in this word honor. And I want you to know, friends, that um, it's really important that you learn how to respect authority. And the primary relationship is the family relationship. You see, God is the one who is sovereign. He is the absolute Lord of the universe. He is the authority. And he has set up positions of authority where we show respect and we follow this. And the only way that we will ever truly learn how to respect God, whom we cannot see, is by learning how to respect the authority that he has placed in our life when we're a kid and our family, and that is our parents. And I want you to know that once authority is lost, the sense of authority and respecting it, Once it's lost, a society crumbles. And we have, for the last several decades, we are watching the dismantling of our country. In fact, it is at an accelerated pace. And I want you to know that's because we've been at war with God, at war with his truth. We are looking to break down and destroy the family. And what this text says, for a lot of people, it is antithetical to how they want to live. So if you don't learn how to actually respect mom and dad, the authority that God's placed in your life, it is going to be a challenge for you to respect teachers, coaches, government officials, police, future bosses that you might have, pastors. Because you know where we learn how to do this? God has set it up that we learn it in the home. And by the way, your attitude makes a huge difference. And really, attitude always starts from the heart. You know, we and I always do what we really want to do, for the most part, right? And so if you really want to live out this text, why, you're going to have to ask God to help your heart. This is such an important life lesson. When you sense that your heart's not right, like, for instance, as a kid, and your heart's not right toward your parents, like, 
man, I'm mad at them. I don't like them. I don't really like what they're saying or doing, whatever, or what they've asked me to do. That is an indication that your heart is not right. The problem may be your parents, but probably there's a problem going on inside you. It is so good to learn how to ask God, God, would you help me with my heart? I don't really like my parents. I don't really like what they're asking me to do, whatever it might be. I want you to know God will help you. He understands. And if you can learn that lesson in home, in your home, all through life you're going to face difficulties, challenges at work, in a future family, in society. I want you to know if you learn the lesson, I can go to God and God will help me with my heart and have the right attitude and the right perspective, it'll make all the difference. And I want you to know that your parents... Hard to believe, but they were kids too. Did you know that? That your parents were once kids. I want you to think about that. So I just got a question. So for all of you adults, all you parents out there, were any of you perfect children? Okay? I, if I just put up your hand. Really, this is your moment. I, I see some of you are like, well, I'm not sure. Were, were any, I'm looking. The lights are bright. Oh, were you just wiping your forehead? Okay, okay. I got, do you see that, kids? There's no one here, there's no one here that is perfect. And, and when they were kids, I want you to know, they had some failures and even some disasters. Ugh. They did. You know, this one text alone, children, obey your parents, honor your father and mother, right here, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, this drives home the need for the gospel, the need for a savior. We all have significant faults. We've all missed the mark. That's what the word sin means, to miss the mark. That's why Jesus came. He came, lived a perfect life, including obeying and honoring his parents. He dies as the perfect sacrifice on the cross. He pays the penalty for sin, which is death, and he rises again, and he's alive. So that if you will believe in him, guess what? You can have eternal life. You can have eternal forgiveness those songs that we sung, you will sing them with gusto if, you've li- if your life has been redeemed by Christ. He forgives. He gives life. Yeah, we've all blown it, big time. But there's always another opportunity with God, right? Because he's a God of grace. So your kids, you might be asking, and since we're just having a nice little talk together, you might be asking, like, can you help me out? What in the world are my parents even trying to do with me? I'm, can someone explain that to me? And I want to tell you what they're trying to do. It's imperfect. But let me tell you what they're trying to do. They are trying to bring you up to the fullness of maturity. They want to see you thrive. Physically, yeah, that's, that's part of it. But it's a lot more than just like they grow up physically. They want to see you thrive emotionally, mentally, relationally, spiritually. And so they're trying and they're doing the best they can They're making these investments, but that's what they're trying to do. And some of you kids might be asking this question like, well, okay, so so why do they discipline me? Like, why are there consequences? I don't like it. Can you help me understand that? I can. In fact, there are quite a few verses, most of them are found in the book of Proverbs, that actually speak to this issue of discipline and correction. And uh, let me just tell you why a parent actually disciplines or corrects their kid when they do wrong or disobey or they have the totally wrong attitude. Do you want to know why? It's because they love you. Serious? 
Yeah. Let me give you a, like just one Bible verse on it. Proverbs 13, 24. It says, he who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. So, like parents, if you hate your kid, like if you hit, okay, let's be honest. If you hate him, you'll never discipline him. Why? <laughs> I went, correcting your kid? That is so difficult. I mean, that takes so many calories. It perhaps even wrecks the day. You know, it's, it's hard, right? And there's the correction and then the reconciliation and stuff and tears and pain. It's just, it's hard, right? So if you, if you really don't like your kid and you could care less about what happens in their life, you'll never correct them. But on the other hand, though, if you love them, you will do the hard work of actually investing and correcting. Why? Because you know they're in like the driver's educational life and there's a lot at stake. And by the way, you need to know, kids, that for your parents, this is first time parenting. Do you know that? They, they haven't been like parents before. They didn't probably even go to parent school, although that'd be a really good idea, right? But they didn't. And I want you to know, it's hard. Like, it is really hard to be a parent. People uh, are aware that, like, I have to do some pretty difficult stuff. But I want you to know, it pales in comparison to the difficulty of being a parent. Being a parent, you need to know this, kids, is the hardest job I've ever had. It takes the most out of me. And I got stuff that takes a lot out of me. But being a parent is the hardest job. And you also need to remember that, friends, uh, your parents, they're just learning. They're praying. That's why they, they need the gospel. They need Jesus because they got a lot of failure. And there are times as parents, like, we have to, we have to apologize to our kids, and we got it wrong. It's hard. It takes a lot out of you, but we, we do. But I want you to know that they're doing what they can. They're trying to prepare you for life. And kids, you are laying the foundation for your future, and parents know it. And they know that they've only got you for a brief period of time. Like when you're growing up, uh, it seems like oh, that's forever because that's all you know. You have a really sh- relatively short life. And it's like, I, all I know is just being at home. But I want you to know that you're only in their home for, a, for actually a short window when you consider the whole span of life. And it's kind of like what Jesus said, you know, like you're building a building. Like if you don't really care if your building lasts when a storm comes, don't put a foundation. Just doesn't matter, right? It's fine when it's sunny and beautiful like it is today, but, you know, when the wind blows and the rains come, that house goes away because it doesn't have a foundation. On the other hand, you want that house to last, which is a smart way to do it, according to Jesus, then you're going to lay a serious foundation because you have full intent that it's going to hang up. He's going to hold up no matter what kind of storms it faces. Parents understand that. So kids, while you're at home, this is what you should do. You should take this text to heart, and you should ask God, would you help me do this? And you might even, might even communicate this to your parents, say, hey, listen, I'm not perfect, but I am, I'm going to try to honor and obey you, and actually even do it with the right attitude. And I want you to know, just like looking around, like I see so many of the kids, and I know you're doing this. How encouraging that is. But uh, God isn't asking you to like every decision and every request your parents make. Just by the way, they don't like everything that you do either, okay? In all fairness. But God is calling you to honor them 
respect them, and obey them. And think of the implications of, of doing this and of doing it well and doing it right. I mean, like if you actually say, God, help me do this. I want to make the most, I actually want to get something out of driver's ed for life, so I actually am going to do well. Help me. I think of the benefits. Like, for instance, in your own life, your own personal development, there's going to be so much more peace. There's, like, joy. It's like there's something, when you do it right, like your life just, like, mm, you're, you're making those steps forward. I'll also tell you, like, in your fellowship with God, it makes so much of a difference. Like, working with the Baylor golf team years ago, I was uh, talking about this subject with the players, and one of the players, a guy by the name of Luke, he, he told me this. He said this. When you obey your parents, it helps you with your walk with God. And I want you to know that is the case. And, and think about, like, your family. Your family, like, works the way it's God intended when we all are doing our roles. That's parents and children. You can create all sorts of havoc in your family. If you choose to, like, I don't, I don't really care what God has to say. Life is all about me, and I'm going to do it the way I want it. And my parents are just in the way. It's going to be rough. And all you need to do is kind of look in the mirror if you're old enough to do that. Like, hmm, maybe it's because I'm not doing what God's asking me to do. Focus first on yourself. God's working on your parents as well. Um, by the way, and also just think of the benefits of like in your spheres of influence. So for instance, like your friends, the people you hang with, they know if you honor and respect and obey your parents. They totally know, right? But I want you to know other people know too. Uh, teachers, coaches, others in your life, they know if you honor, respect, and obey your parents. And let me just tell you what it looks like in like the adult world. There are times where they say this, I want my kid to end up, or my kids to end up just like that. They, they see these examples because kids that are walking with God, they're not perfect, but they're walking with God and they're taking steps forward and they actually do honor their parents. Like It just shows up in every aspect of their life. And people notice, by the way, you are going to have a job at some point in your life. If you don't learn honor, you don't learn to follow through and obey and respect authority, it is going to be rough. Your boss is going to tell you, it's not, it's not even like, sugar-coated, they're going to tell you what to do, and you're like, oh, no, I'm used to getting my own way, and if I don't want to do something, I'm not going to do it. I kick the door, go hide, run away. That isn't going to work. You're going to find a series of unemployment in your life. It is going to be rough. I'm just trying to spare you a lot of grief. You know where we learn this? You learn it at home. There's a lot riding on your decisions. And you're not thinking about this, but it is very possible that you might get married and actually have a future family. Like, What? Yeah, you'll have no regrets if you do it right. And by the way, can I say this? Uh, before you get married, like if you are dating someone or you think like this is a person that I really could see myself like marrying and being with the rest of my life, you need to do this. You pay very close attention on what they say about their parents and how they treat them. Because what they say about their parents and how they treat them, if you should get married, it is very likely how they're going to treat you. So pay close attention. Now, honoring our parents, it's, it's meant to be a way of life. We are to show lifelong respect 
So what does that look like, especially like adult children? I mean, we're, this is our command. Now, we're no longer like living in their home. They're not hopefully like giving you all these commands of what you're to do, but we're still supposed to respect our parents. So what does that look like? Well, first of all, you need to come to terms with the past. I realize that when I talk about this subject, there are some of you that have been hurt tremendously by your parents. I've, I've heard horror stories. Literally, parents abandoning their kids, uh, completely destroying that relationship. But you need to come to terms with the past. And so I will, every, every, every parent-child relationship is going to have some tension, okay? Every child-parent relationship is going to have a little bit of breakdown. What's become kind of in vogue in society today is like, like, oh, your parents were terrible, okay? They like took you to church. That was like terrible. And and so you have every right to rebel and you're a victim and and you're the problem. And and you listen to this and you're like, so you're really upset and you've been really wounded? Tell me about that. Like, oh, actually, well, you know, that's I've heard a lot worse. You know what I'm saying? So keep things in perspective. And you might want to do this. Realize that they probably did the best they could with what they had. Now, there's a lot of failure. I get it. But it's helpful if you do this. Try to put yourself in your parents' shoes. It was really helpful for me to actually learn about my parents' background, you know? Beyond the facts, like, okay, what was this really like? Like, oh, Okay, wow. This makes more sense. I see how you were raised. Okay. Now now I'm now I'm getting this. Um look at their needs. Another thing that's really helpful when you do this is instead of just focusing on all the bad things they did, start looking at some of the things they did right. Okay, it's easy to pick out the bad things, but what did they do right? Get a, let's get a little more balanced perspective on this. But for those of you who have been severely wounded by your parents, and this is a difficult matter, you do need to do this. You need to be talking with God about these matters. You need to specifically address, write it down if you need to, what exactly happened. What was the sin, the crime, the, 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 the painful issue? But then you need to come to a place where you give it to God and you forgive your parents, and you leave it all with him. The unknowns and the unresolved issues, you're just like, God, I'm, I'm just trusting this, trusting this completely with you. And if you need help doing this, you need to get help. And if you have significantly wounded your parents, you need to address it. You need to ask for forgiveness. You need to come to terms with the past. And when you will do this, it's like lifting this huge weight off your shoulders. So you see, if we're going to honor our parents as a way of life, it's lifelong respect. We have to come to terms with the past. We also need to take action in the present. So as we've been going through the book of Ephesians, we hit Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and like every Sunday, we just keep coming back to this because it says, be filled with the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit is, to, is the intentional dependence and delight upon God. It is asking God to guide, to govern your thoughts and your behavior. And this is the ongoing Christian life. 
It's not just wake up, plow through life, and never talk to God. Actually, it's wake up, and as soon as you can, start talking with God and say, God, would you fill me with your spirit? Help me delight in you. You are good. I forgot about that when I was sleeping, but I'm remembering now. I, I, I'm depending upon you. God, help me with my schoolwork and, and help me with my job and this difficult decision and this painful relationship and, and my car doesn't start. God, I need you. And, and you just learn how to communicate and depend and delight upon God. And that is where we find our strength. There's going to be times you really mess up. Guess what? There is always forgiveness. There's Christ. We come to him. We talk to him. But I want you to know that today is your day, and the rest of your life is the opportunity to do it right. So what does it mean to honor? To highly value, to show respect, to value, to esteem. So let me give you some specifics on just how you can do that. Like, for instance, be grateful. Be grateful for what your parents have done. I mean, have you thought about it? They have. I'm looking around. All of you are clothed. You likely have been fed this week. You probably have an apartment or a house that you live in, right? Your parents chauffeur you around. They're flexing their schedule. They're bending over backwards. When you're sick, and that's nasty and gross, who's taking care of you, right? Whoa. Have you ever, though, ever just said, hey, thank you? Or is it just like automatic? Of course you're supposed to do this. You're my parent. I don't even think twice about it. I want you to know a little bit of gratitude is going to go a long way. It's called honor. Um, be polite. Serve them. So we, like, we all have like chores, right, when we're home. That's how a family works. More people, bigger mess, more problems, more work needs to be done, right? We all have to pitch in, right? It's not like you watching mom and dad. We're just kind of like, Whoop, mom will do that, dad will take care of that. No, they, uh, they want you involved. And I want you to know that it really will honor them if you actually do what they've asked you to do. Yes, I know that taking out the garbage isn't fun, but you're going to do it the rest of your life. I did it this morning. You're just, that's life, right? And they'll really take notice if you do it without being asked. Try it. Just try it. Go ahead. Do something without being asked. Your parents are like, what? what's going on here? What? Did you, did you ask me? No. <laughs> what? They're weeding? No, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? They'll come out and hug you. you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Take you out to dinner. Who knows? But they are going to notice because they've, they've been honored. Let me give you another one. Um, you honor your parents by being honorable when you're not at home. Like when you're at school, at practice, when you go away to college or in the military or into the workforce. I want you to know you honor your parents when you act honorably when you're not in their home. I can tell you, um, kids that do this, like word gets back, they're highly esteemed. But if you act real dishonorably and you, all, and you do some really stupid stuff and you start making a shipwreck of your life, I want you to know it hurts them. It does injure them. Their identity's in Jesus if they're a Christian, but you have the capacity of actually injuring them pretty bad if you're not honorable. It is very painful to watch your kid make a shipwreck of their life. You experience it, but I want you to know your parents go through it as well. You're like, well, um, can you give me just some like, more practical examples? Yeah, I can. Um, Trent and Smalley in their book, The Gift of Honor, give several responses from parents of various ages to the question, what could my children do to honor me? I'll just give you a, a sample of this. Uh, on a day other than Mother or Father's Day, it means so much to get a card or letter from our children letting us know they're thinking of us. 
Another, the greatest present I ever received from my son was a recording that looked back on several specific things I had done for him in the past. Here's another. Even though it's difficult for me to do, my daughter always makes a point of hugging me when we get together. As a single mom, when my school-aged children do chores without being asked or additional chores, I feel honored. I feel flattered and honored when my daughter asks my advice on struggles and needs in her life. We appreciate the way our children tell us the truth. Another, we know our children are praying for us. When I see my daughter seeking after God, I can't think of anything that brings more honor. Let me give you two more. When my children were in their teen years, they came to, to us to talk about taboo areas like drinking, sex, and drugs. That is honoring. Well, listen to this one. Watching the way my son treats his wife and children and hearing him say he learned it from us is something more valuable than any present could give. I want you to know that um, when I was in high school, I went to a large high school, I only knew of two fellow students that were actual Christians. They were like unashamed of the gospel. They walked with Jesus. One of those was a gal by the name of Mary Weinrich. And when I heard about her story, she had a very dysfunctional family. And her mother had alcohol issues, mental illness. It was a disaster. And yet she spoke with such honor and love for her parents. I want you to know I had no category for that. And it left a real strong impression because she kept attributing to everything in her life is about this relationship with Jesus. It was several years after knowing Mary and I moved and went to the University of Oregon before I placed my faith in Christ. But I am standing here today in part because of her testimony. I can just tell you, we need more kids like Mary. You know, and as a church, kids, I want you to know we are absolutely for you. We want to support you 100%. We love you. We want to see you thrive. It is why we pour all these resources and investment into like our families because we want to give you everything we can. We know it is tough out there. All the pressure you're under, all the comparison, the phone has only made it much more difficult. We know that you struggle with with image. We know the, the depressing aspects of being in our society, but I want you to know you're walking with God. We know it's not perfect, but we love you and we are for you. Years ago, when I was uh, studying this subject and really trying to understand it, I interviewed a bunch of students, and uh, I asked them lots of questions, but one of those was what parents can do to help their kids fulfill their role. And I don't have time to go through all of it. I actually have reduced it down to three statements, six words, and it was simply this. This is what the kid said. Love unconditionally, lead graciously, and encourage regularly. We're going to talk more about parenting coming up here, but you might want to just focus on this. Love unconditionally, lead graciously, and encourage regularly. I asked these students, um, any regrets? Like, would you do anything different? What advice would you pass on to kids that are coming up? Listen to this. These are some things they said. Now, looking back, I'm learning how how valuable my parents are. Your parents are there for a reason. When you get older, you see more of the value of your parents. Learn to realize that they know best, even if they do not understand. Another, I would start to listen and respect my parents sooner. I caused a lot of friction. They do know what they're talking about. This one here. Parents are people. I started realizing this at age 13 when I made my mom cry after saying something really mean. I wish I could, would have talked more about my faith with my parents when I was younger. Another said, I just really, it'd be really nice if I just go out to lunch and talk with my mom. You see, honoring our parents, it's to be a lifelong pursuit. And we do, though, by showing lifelong loving respect. 
But So we have to come to the terms of the past. You need to take action in the present. But can I encourage you to leave a legacy for the future? Leave a legacy for the future. Uh, what I mean is do something to honor your parents. And I'm speaking specifically to those of you who are adults and have opportunity to do this. This could be a letter, could be a poem, it could be uh, something that you make for them. Uh, I had one lady after first service show me a quilt that her family had made for her and her husband and has pictures of all of their family. She carries it in her Bible. And she was here this morning and she was showing it to me about how important this is. That's how important honor is. Um, maybe you, if you really want to do something that's going to leave a lasting legacy, give them the gift of honor. Perhaps give them a tribute. I uh, heard about the tribute um, in, in, 20, in the year 2000. Um, I uh, was in uh, Nashville, Tennessee area, and a friend of mine was reading this book, and he gave me a copy of a book called The Tribute, written by Dennis Rainey. I didn't even know anything about it. Um, but he said, you know, this was really powerful. So I read most of it on the plane ride back to Portland, and I was like really like taken aback, like, wow, this is huge. But I really couldn't see myself uh, doing that. I mean, I thought like, well, that'd be cool, but um, I don't know. You see, uh, in my home, I've caused quite a bit of friction in my family, okay? I, I wasn't a Christian. These verses here, by the way, I'd never heard them before, never read them, so I was unfamiliar with them. And I had a family life that proved it. And we had tension And uh, looking back, I was a big reason for a lot of that. But after I became a Christian, I want you to know that my perspective and attitudes changed on a whole bunch of things, including my parents. So when I read this tribute book, I, you know, just kind of put it on the back burner, right? That that works for me sometimes. It's like, I got to simmer on this and chew on this for a while. And I did. But then... um, Then an event was going to take place. My dad was going to retire... And uh, there was going to be a big retirement party. Now, my dad uh, started off uh, in a ranch in northern Montana, just working on one. He was the first one in the family to go to college. And he started off at the very bottom level in the government. And by the end of his career, he was at a very high level in the Department of Agriculture. And so they were going to have this big party. Family from all over the country was going to come in. All these different coworkers from all over were all going to come in to Bozeman, Montana, for this special celebration, my dad's retirement party, and I, God really impressed on me, this is your time to give your parents a tribute. And so I, uh, I did. I started working on it in my head. Oftentimes when I'd go running, I put it in a, in a poem form. I, I, I ty- typed it out. I made it real nice in a matted frame, and I put it all together. In fact, there it is. And so January 20th, 2001, I'm sitting up there with my entire family, my brothers and their respective wives, my younger brother and his girlfriend, and we're all there, and we're at this big big, big banquet deal. And then uh, each one of my brothers got up and said something about my dad, and I'm being the oldest, I was the cleanup guy. And so I said some things, recounted some humorous things. Um, I uh, sang a song for my, my parents, my, especially my dad, a song that he really liked, George Strait, A Love Without End, Amen, about a father's love. And then um, I did this. I said, you know, behind every great man is an even greater woman. I need, Mom, I need you to come up here. I want you to stand up here by Dad because I'm going to give you a tribute. I want you to know this is completely uncharted territory for my family. Like, things like this, like, never happened. 
And so I read them this, and I'm going to read it for you today. A tribute to my parents. Commitment. A single word that seems to embody so much of what the two of you stand for. It's a characteristic that I have seen you exemplify in a multitude of different ways. I have found the needs, the seeds of commitment you planted along the way have come to fruition in my life in ways that I would have never imagined. For our family, it started out in your commitment to each other. From the profound words of I do has come a marriage that still does. It's truly amazing that this family who once lived in a little yellow house would soon become the ever-expanding family that it is today. Your family commitment continues to shine in your warm welcome and care for your daughter-in-laws and grandchildren. The signs of commitment were found in the elements of daily life, from the only mom you could make it this good meals and snacks to the reassuring sound of Dada's home. You taught us how to appreciate what we had, whether it be much or little. And I'll never forget when, Mom, you went on strike for that one week and brought a whole new appreciation for all that you did every single day. And it was a rough week. (laughs) In it all was a reminder of your family commitment. You could find commitment in those trips to school, the Cub Scouts, to all those athletic events, and in those many hunting and fishing outings. I will not forget all the fun and adventurous vacations we had, whether it was out to the farm or out on the road with Grandma and Grandpa's trailer or motorhome. In each of those journeys, there was the simple theme of commitment. There was a commitment to develop character, from the endless reminders to mind your manners, to the unforgettable lesson of getting the door for ladies while you, Mom, stood outside and waited for me to figure it out. When I saw the two of you take care of others, whether it be neighbors, friends, or extended family, it left an impression on me to follow in your steps. From you, I have taken the torch of perseverance by rising up and facing the challenges of the day no matter what happened the day before. Though it was a sacrifice in more ways than one, you need to know how much I learned to appreciate your investment in developing me as a singer and musician. You should get a medal for all the concerts, performances, and recitals you've attended, not to mention the countless hours of lessons you paid for. Music is a great joy of my life and a reminder of your commitment. You should know that I learned how to work hard and efficiently from you. Your commitment to teach me how to diligently work with my hands, my back, and my mind has yielded rich dividends on a daily basis. Dad, there's not a week that goes by that I do not hear what I heard you say all those years growing up. The renowned five Ps. Prior planning prevents poor performance. Your regular reminder that any job worth doing is worth doing well has become a guiding principle for my life. From an early age, you taught me to read, to think logically, to take advantage of the academic opportunities that were before me. In many ways, I would not be where I am today if you had not done what you did back then. It was your commitment to see us boys become everything we could be and should be that is still yielding lasting fruit. The commitment you demonstrated over the years still has lasting effects on my life and in the lives of many others. A person can know the importance of these things, but it takes people like you, Mom and Dad, to do them. Thank you. The day has now come for me to leave a legacy with my wife and my family. Like you... I am standing on the past 
and pressing forward to fulfill commitments that I have made. May your hearts be warmed and with thankfulness to God for all that you've received and all that he's allowed you to give. Some things just need to be said. It all comes back to a single word, commitment. Love to you from your son, Grant. I want you to know that um, my parents were deeply honored by this. They've had, over the years, multiple people tell them that was the finest retirement party they've ever been to. For me, I think it was one of my finest hours. It made such deep inroads for the gospel. And after my dad passed away just a few months ago on Thanksgiving Day, when we all went up there and gathered with family and friends and all these different people, the night before the funeral, we had this visitation with all those people there. And standing by my dad's casket, I read that tribute one more time. But friends, why wait for the eulogy? Know this, when we honor our parents, we glorify our God. Let's pray.